You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 63 called 18 Google Chrome Extensions for Students. In this episode, we'll be wrapping up our G Suite series and talking about all the Google Chrome extensions your students need to be using today. These extensions have been broken down into several categories, including productivity, video and screencasting, picture annotation, audio and music, organization and creativity. This episode is packed with tips and ideas and is another one you don't want to miss Check it out. So, Nick, we're back with episode 63, and this is our last episode of our, our G Suite series. Yes. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. Um, I've enjoyed the G Suite series, but it's also going to feel good to move on and sort of get back to our typical format. So I'm excited to finish it up, and I'm excited to sort of start fresh again. Yeah, I mean, so we're pretty much in the heart of summer now. I can't believe how fast summer is actually going. I guess we're in mid-July, and I feel like we just got to summer vacation even though we've kind of been home for the better part of, what, almost four months now. Yeah, I know. Summer's weird because when you get to that mid-July mark, it's it's not close to being over, but you start to get to feel like, wow, I'm already in mid-July because right after that's August. And August, you kind of start to think about starting up the school year again. But extra strange, like you said, because a lot of us have been home for months before we got home for summer officially. So it's a, it's a weird vibe overall, but it, you know, an interesting time to say, to say the least. All right. So without further ado, I think we should get into episode 63. This episode like Nick said at the top, is all about student extensions. These are extensions that we can recommend for our students to help for some type of purpose inside of the classroom. But before we get into that, Nick and I just have a couple favors to ask you. You know, if you like the content that we are producing, please take some time and uh, go subscribe to all of our our podcast uh, channels, avenues in which you could get this content, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or we have a YouTube channel, which we're going to be uh, growing here in the recent uh, months. Uh, we started using StreamYard, so we will have the video version of the podcast on there. And we're also getting into making short videos on how we're doing some remote learning practices, best practices, and things like that. So go... Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We're pretty big into the Twitterverse. We do have a Twitter chat called the EduMentor chat on Wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And we do have a Facebook page as well that you can check us out on. We wanted to throw a shout out to Charity Dodge. She continues to support us in this podcast through uh, retreating and doing a couple of shout outs on Twitter. We we uh, appreciate that very much. So thank you for that charity. And also over on Apple Podcasts, we got a review from the CQ guy in the title was Where I Get My Best New Ed Tech. And basically, he said that he loves this podcast because it's full of simple, easy to use tech tools that can be used in class. 
easy to listen to for sure. I would definitely put this in my top three favorite podcasts. So we do appreciate the reviews. We got a lot of ratings over there. It's always good to see a new review. Our last uh, favor, other than subscribing and reviewing us, is to go over to www.tech.com and check out some of our new content there. I want to say another social media related uh, story with you real quick. So I had a student, a former student reach out to us. Basically, she's getting started. Actually, she's been teaching in North Carolina for five years. And uh, she went from being a first grade teacher to now a third grade teacher. So just wanted to wish Olivia good luck as she uh, teaches third or first, did I get that backwards? Third grade. And also good luck with your master's. I know she's starting her master's down there. So good luck with that it's always great to hear from former students and also people that listen to the podcast you can follow got teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on twitter at we got teched okay now before we get into segment two and kick off these 18 google chrome extensions for students i gotta point something else out we've been on video for the the past maybe i forget if it's been three four or five episodes but anybody that's been following along on youtube you might have noticed for the first time and it's got to be four three or four months now i do not have a hat on guys still has his hat on i'm not sure what the top of his head looks like anymore i finally got rid of the covid hair but it looks like uh, you're still you're still going with it what's going on well first thing i i don't want to say well i'm gonna say it. nick basically your lack of commitment and dedication to your uh, covid hair has uh shine through a little bit i however am dedicated to the cause no i mean i'm just waiting i i could come up with a thousand excuses i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm very loyal to my barber so whenever the barber comes back to cutting hair i will go get my haircut but no i i am enjoying my hats i have several zach brown band hats that i keep working through the mix i also have a hat that says take a hike and that's kind <laughs> of the wish that's the one that i wish i was wearing right now so i could tell you to do just that <laughs> But uh, why don't we get into our student Chrome extension recommendation segment of the podcast. I'll jump right into it. Our first category is uh, productivity. So we found some uh, extensions here that we thought might be specifically helpful for students trying to remain productive, something we all have to do. So these might work for you know our teacher listeners as well. Uh, but the thinking is that for all the teachers that do listen to the show, these are some things you might want to share with your students and, and say or explain to them. You can add these as extensions and here's how you can use them. So maybe there's one or two that'll be uh, particularly helpful for your class or these productivity extensions could probably work across the board. I'll start off with the first one. It's called Clockify Time Tracker. Everybody knows how hard it is these days to sort of stay focused while you're on your computer. That's pretty much where our, our, our most of our day is now. And that's uh, a lot of times true for uh, your students when they're in school too. There's just so much done on that laptop or that Chromebook or whatever it is. Um, Clockify Time Tracker can help you stay productive and help you stay focused on certain tasks. It is pretty much what it sounds like. It is a time tracker. Specifically, some of the stuff that it can do is um, it allows you to actually type in, and this is what, what appealed to me about it. You can type in what you're working on, so what your task is, and you can set a timer for that specific task. So besides you know, just a timer going off, the timer is sort of there reminding you like, okay, this is what you're supposed to be doing right now during this time. Another really cool thing is that it sets break times. Most of us have experienced the, you know, like the Zoom fatigue uh, where you've just been in uh, video meetings all day and it's 
exhausting. You've got to take breaks and get away from that screen. Uh, so Clockify Time Tracker has a break feature where it can set those breaks for you, uh, as well as a bunch of other things like reminders, um, idle detection. So if you, you know if you go idle and sort of uh, start staring off into space, it'll kind of let you know that you've you've stopped working. There's also reports, which I love seeing uh, time spent reports to kind of see a, a summary of what I've been doing, where I have been spending my time. It's always a great way to refine what you do so you can be more productive in the future. Definitely tell your students about Clockify Time Tracker. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty cool one for someone that gets off task a lot, such as myself. I think that would be one that would be beneficial. Uh, I'm going to go a different way and I'm going to go Google Dictionary. In Google Dictionary, the student can double click on any word in a text and then that will bring up a small pop up. And then from that pop-up, you could have some options where you can go do a full Google word search. So it's going to give you uh, how that word is used in several different contexts. And I think this is just great, especially to level the playing field from people that have an extensive vocabulary versus people that might struggle with vocabulary words. So go out and uh, share Google Dictionary with your students. This next one is really cool. It's an extension called Spreed, which is tough to say. So I'm going to spell it also S-P-R-E-E-D, Spreed. It's a sort of like a combination of the two words speed read because that's what it's for. Uh, it's an extension to help you help with speed reading. A lot of the stuff we do online today, it involves reading. It's either watching a video or reading. For me, those are pretty much the main two things. So with Spreed, um, it helps you to develop your ability to speed read. It's the highest rated, most popular speed reading extension on Google Chrome. So it's definitely the, the top one of these that's out there. If you do some searching, you'll find several. Just a little bit of background, and I don't know anything about this, so I'm not going to pretend to, but they do say that they use a visual technique called Rapid Serial Visual Presentation, or RSVP. Uh, supposedly, this is a method that you can help yourself sort of develop the skill of speed reading, and it's used by all the fastest, not all, but many of the fastest speed readers in the world. So it's sort of, in general, what it seems like it does from the little bit of research that I did is when we all read, there's kind of like this inner voice inside of your head that sounds out each word. And I guess this is called sub vocalization. And this goes on whether you know it or not when you're reading. And it's important. It's a good part of reading. It helps you to read well and comprehend what you're reading, but it does slow you down. And it, it kind of places too much focus on the words themselves um, in a visual way. But you can sort of learn to work past that with this RSVP method. So that's what Spreed will help you do. Um, just for a little bit of context, the average person reads 200 words a minute. Uh, but with Spreed, they claim you can train yourself to double that to 400 words per minute. So a big time saver there. And maybe some, you know, you have some students who that might be uh, of, of interest to, or maybe yourself as well. I wonder if they have anything about this as far as like speaking. This is reading. I need one for speaking. <laughs> I, I speak maybe what, 45 words an hour? Yeah. Uh, I, need to, I need to speed it up a little bit. That way I can get with the, the Jersey and way up here. Yeah, we'll get you on a program before our next show. All right, awesome. So, <laughs> all right, the next one is Easily. That's E-A-S-E-L-L-Y. This is one of my favorites because it's an infographic extension. So it gives you a lot of different ways of making infographic pretty easily. So anything that is with creativity, you know, that's that's my jam. So this, is, this brings my two weaknesses together, organization. And what I mean by that is uh, being organized other than 
inside of my head. I have everything in uh, filing cabinets up there, but creativity and organization, definitely two things that, you know, I could always work on. So check out easily. Yeah, I'll say I'll second easily. I, I did a recent project involving easily. Um, and this is not a good approach for pretty much anything in the tech world with your students. But I shared out a link to easily and that is it. I did no other preparation or teaching or demonstrations on how to use it. And my students were able to get in, create infographics with easily and produce some really incredible stuff. And I, I say that just to let everybody know that it's just that simple to use. So easily is, is really, really awesome. Highly recommend it. Our next category is uh, video and screencasting. We've got a couple selections here. Trying to stay away from the typical like Screencastify. We're assuming most people are familiar. Obviously, it's an amazing tool. But like like I said, we tried to pick some different stuff. Uh, one of my favorites is called GIF it. And I know that it's not technically, you know, a GIF is technically a picture file. It's just one that can play in a video sort of a way. Uh, so even though a GIF is a picture, I think it kind of fits in our video category here because of what it does. So GIF it can take YouTube videos or chunks of YouTube videos that you get to select and it turns them into GIFs for you, which is such an amazing thing to have. I use this all the time as, as a teacher. A lot of the times as I create my own instructional videos for my students, um, I want to use other YouTube videos that are out there, but sort of include them in my own. Uh, and for me, the best way to do that is to capture a very small snip of an existing YouTube video, but turn it into a GIF. And GIF, it does that automatically. Once I've got this GIF, I can drop it into my Google slide or my PowerPoint, or whatever I'm doing, and then it plays automatically so I can talk and annotate over top of it. Uh, so from the teacher side, that's kind of the best use for it. And I was just thinking that this might be really not only kind of fun for students to know that they can do this, but maybe you can build a pretty cool class project off of this too, where students are taking YouTube videos, turning them into GIFs and incorporating that in their own own presentation. It's really easy to do when you download the extension and you're watching a YouTube video. There's simply a little GIF it button that pops up and then you sort of wait a little bit, give it a few seconds. It, it'll tell you when your GIF is ready. Then you hit the save GIF button and it's there. It's downloaded and you can just do what you want with it. So again, great for projects, presentations uh, for your students to kind of play around with. I love me some GIFs, but I, I have to admit something during your whole spiel there. Yeah. I was singing, you know, in my head, Michael Jackson's Beat It song and just okay. putting GIF it in there. Just GIF it. Oh, man, they need to advertise with that. I think there's potential there. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. So the next one uh, I saw on Twitter, I can't remember who shared it out. It might have been uh, Alex Keeler. It could have been Jen Lieben. I'm not sure. But there's a uh, there's a there's an extension called Rick cord to slides that came out and this is by clay code and uh he's been doing a lot of good stuff i think he has also a picture to slides extension that he came out with with uh, as well and uh basically record the slides records videos and automatically load them into your slide that you're on so use the video icon in the upper right and add the videos to your slide it's that easy you have your google slide deck open you want to record yourself for that slide and that slide only, or maybe you want to do a couple slides throughout the whole presentation, but not the whole presentation. So what do you do? You just hit that button, you record, and it automatically drops in the video into the uh, lower right corner or wherever you want it. So check out Record to Slides. That sounds awesome. I know this is for uh, students mostly, but man, that sounds like something I'm going to be interest super interested in from the teacher side too. Thanks for bringing that one to the Absolutely. table. 
Absolutely. And I will tell you, this could be used for a lot of different things. I'm going back into the classroom as an AP bio teacher for uh, this year to cover for someone that's on maternity leave. And uh, I will tell you this, I'm going to use this one a lot. I want students to be able to annotate their slides. I think there's a lot of value where students makes uh, some type of uh, deliverable whether it's a slide, infographic, or whatever, and then has to explain uh, the logic behind that slide or what is really being portrayed there. So I think I will share this with the students just so they could do that. I have a summer assignment where they're going through the parts of a formal lab write-up. So I think each slide is going to be one of those formal parts, and then they're going to have to use record the slides to record themselves explaining basically what they would have written. I don't want them spending all summer doing a formal lab write-up, but I want them to be familiar with the parts. That way, when we get into the school year, they're ready to go. They understand what is being asked of them. They understand the formal lab write-up. So I think this is a game changer. Yeah, sweet. What a great idea. So the next category we're going to look at is picture and annotation. A lot of different directions there, but probably, at least for me, the most uh useful category just because my students end up doing so much with pictures and uh, annotating, which can mean a lot of different things. Uh, so the first extension that I found is called Light Shot. And yes, this is another screenshot tool, but I do so much of this or I have my students do so much of this. I figured why not throw it out there? Uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Geis and I started off as uh, gigantic fans of the snipping tool. And we still are. I know I still am, but there's lots of other tools that let you snip portions of your computer screen and do much, much more. And LightShot is just another one. I really brought it to the table because it's um, it's got a ton of users and it's super highly rated. So uh, it seems like it might be one of the better ones to, to try and see if it's the one for you. Of course, it lets you take a screenshot. It lets you uh, snip an area of the screen by sort of clicking and dragging. Uh, what I like about it is it's really super easy to share that screenshot or that snip that you've just taken. So you just a few clicks, you can share it out, copy, paste it into whatever you want. What I've been finding particularly helpful in recent months is editing the screenshot or the snip sort of in place once you create it. This is a lot of the times I'll, I'll snip an image and I, I just without a lot of fancy editing, I just want to maybe write something or type in some text right on top of it before I copy, paste and share it out. And you can do that with LightShot, which is really cool. Uh, once your image is done, you can save it to your computer or upload it to, uh, they have their own sort of cloud storage service and you can use that too. Speaking of that, within that cloud storage service, you can and search for similar screenshots. Maybe people that have done a similar thing, maybe theirs is better or give you a different idea and then copy paste for, for whatever purpose you need. So simple, but lots of different stuff there. Light shot, check it out. Yeah, I also went with a, a annotator called Zoho Annotator. And this is a very efficient annotation tool. It allows you to annotate web pages or snippets or whatever you want to grab. And you can... Uh, highlight you can text and tag tools it's also has a good concealing tool so if if you took a picture of your classroom and has faces that you need to blur out because of you know privacy laws and things like that you can upload a picture to it and then blur out faces of 
you know, anything that needs to be private. You could share and upload to the cloud. You could go to Google Drive. You could also go straight to some of the social media platforms. So if you're a person that uses Twitter to run announcements in your classroom, uh, I know I, I like to share things on Twitter from my classes. This is one that I would consider using just because of that feature. I could take a picture of, you know, upcoming due dates that I wrote on the board, throw it on Twitter, and then I can annotate if I forgot something or if I want to take something out or blur something, I could do that as well. So I, I think this is a pretty awesome annotator that people should try. Yeah, that one sounds great. And um, maybe less of an annotation uh, or screen grab tool, but more just finding pictures online. My next one is called Images, I-M-A-G-U-S. If you've ever done, like, say, a basic Google image search, you get that sort of giant list of, of images that goes down the page. And, and it's a great way to see what's out there, but to really get a sense of that picture and whether it's going to work for you, usually what I have to end up doing is, is clicking on them, right? You got to click on it. You got to go to that page, uh, see if it's an image you can actually use for whatever your purpose is. Maybe it's a, a site that uh, doesn't want you to, sh to take that picture or share it on YouTube, or you want to see the size of the image. Maybe it's super small. So you know if you have to maybe expand it and make it the size of an entire Google slide, it's going to look super fuzzy and the quality is going to go down. So images lets you sort of save time by not having to click on on the picture to get a sense of whether it's usable for you. So you can view images and it works for videos too. Uh, just by hovering your mouse over top of that image, you do not need to open each individual image or video in a separate tab to see if it's kind of what you're looking for, which is a great time saver. There's also tons of different customizable features that you can do with images. These include the option to add the images that you've previously hovered over to your browser history, another great time saver. Um, and there's lots of other different shortcuts uh, that make the uh, just finding the right image quick and easy for you. So play around with images if this is something you find yourself doing a lot. I know I do a lot of it and I'm definitely going to be using images myself. Throw it out to your students as well. Yeah, I, this is one that I use all the time, especially when I'm preparing uh, slide decks for screencasting. Oftentimes in science, you know, teachers need to make a decision about how detailed of a process uh, they want to go over. For example, photosynthesis. There are so many different chemical compounds do we really need them to know the big long chemical names or can we just kind of give them the gist of it and sometimes when you add those chemical names on there it for some of our students it just you know overwhelms them right and uh one thing i don't like about google especially when you're searching for images if you click on one and that's not the one that you use you have to click out of it and then you have to scroll down to where you need where you want to be and for me i always I always forget to close down that uh, picture that I'm looking at at a bigger view. And it, it just frustrates me. So images just allows you to hover over there. And I use it all the time. And I find the picture I want. And it, it, believe it or not, it probably saves me a total of like 10 to 20 minutes throughout the entire school year. But that's still 10 or 20 minutes that I get back. The next one has been around for a while, and I used it for a little bit, dismissed it right away. And because of COVID, I decided to go back because I heard a lot of great um, things about it and got a lot of good recommendations about it. Can't even remember the reason why I dismissed it in the first place. It was probably just uh, something small, but that's uh, Kami. And this is a PDF and document annotation markup tool. Uh, it works well with Google Drive and also with Google Classroom. I decided to give it another try, and to be honest with you, it is pretty darn cool. It's easy to use. It's easy for me to grade in our particular uh, LMS, 
And uh, Kami is the leading digital classroom app for Chrome. So it takes any existing document, including those scanned PDFs that we uh, scan in, and it allows you to write, draw, type, annotate, comment, augment, enhance. Pretty much you're bringing this document to life and it's all within your browser. So check out Kami, it's, it's pretty great. Um, one of the ways that I used it is I, I gave an assignment where students had to go out and they had to draw a process. Okay, this is another summer assignment. It's something that I wanted to I wanted to see how much information they knew already. So it was a simple task. Um, some of the students already turned it in. So what I did is I actually uh, took um, all the PDFs that they sent me and I just worked it through Kami and I gave them feedback right there and sent it back out. So Kami's pretty awesome. I'm glad you brought it up because I was in, I don't know why it was the same thing. Like you said, I just kind of, when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm not, maybe I just wasn't ready for it yet, but being able to write on top of the documents, it's just turn, it's just so easy. And Kami, I think is definitely the best one. So I got to start giving it a second look also. It sounds really, really, uh, really great. So, uh, we'll switch into the audio and music category. We've got two selections there. Mine, I think I'm going to probably share this out with my uh, my senior students this coming year because I think it's it's going to be really great for kids, especially in college. It's called Mic Note. And Mic Note lets you record the audio from a lecture, but also take notes on that at the same time. Um, and I, I mentioned sharing with my senior students only because I don't know how much use this is going to get in that high school setting. It might if you, you know, maybe if you, you're still doing a lot of lecturing or if you're, uh, if you know that you have a particular group of students and, and they are dealing with a lot of that, this might be a tool that they can take advantage of even in high school uh, because it sounds so cool. It's a, it's a, so it's an audio recorder and a notepad, kind of like a two in one tool. Um, and it, it's like I said, it's a pretty simple thing. It's you can record that lecture, but as it's being recorded, you can also sort of take notes along with that. They also say that this could be used for like meetings, conferences, interviews, any kind of like a brainstorming session. So imagine you're doing a small group or various small group workshops around your class. You could have your students using mic mic note at the same time to record those small group sessions, and and they can take notes along with it. Um, there's other little features that you can uh, add in there, like auto saving time stamps when you're doing um, uh, the first playback of that audio. So you can like mark different portions of the audio as important, something you want to go back to later. Uh, they've even got editing features like deleting, trimming, extracting, and inserting different sections of the audio. It also integrates really well with Google Drive so you can drop those audio snippets straight into that drive for saving as well as Dropbox if anybody's using that. Um, I just think this sounds like such a, a no-brainer and it kind of hits the two things, the two ways that people might actually listen and learn from a lecture, which is recording that audio and playing it back, but also taking notes. So it just sounds like a, a cool thing to play around with. It would be cool if you can incorporate auto draw in there. Yeah. And have them kind of do sketch noting while getting the transcript as well. Yeah. Um, I could see your students using it for really not the chemistry purpose, but be just to capture some of your weird, ridiculous quotes that you use. Yes. I'm not sure who said it, but blah, 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 blah. You know, you're chasing a unicorn. You're doing this. You're doing yeah. you know, all that stuff. Because I know at the end of the year during yearbook signings, and I, I bet this is one thing that this past year's senior class is missing, is you either draw a vegetable Yep. In their yearbook, or you give them some weird quote that probably confuses them for the next 35 years of their life. I don't know if I want all that audio captured, though. Let's not share. <laughs> Let's not give them that idea. 
<laughs> I could be bought to keep my mouth shut. Uh, next one that I chose was uh, Noisly, N-O-I-S-L-I. And uh, my wife, she really likes classical music when she works, or she likes some ambient noise when she works. She doesn't like it completely silent. I'm the same way, but I can't listen to classical music or ambient noise. It's very distracting for me. Uh, I choose other genres of, uh, of music, but uh, Noisily allows students to try different ambient sounds like rain, forest setting, or a cafe. Just gives them a little mix, a little different feel, and it, it's just a little white noise that sometimes help people focus. If you get the pro version, you can even set it like all of the master controls and stuff, but it allows you also to have like unlimited streaming if you want to purchase that. So completed sessions are added to your daily timer stats. So it also keeps that timer of productivity information as well there. But uh, check out Noisly, and if you need that ambient noise, uh, I would use the free version, obviously, but still students want to buy it, that is completely up to them. I threw this out actually to a student in my class who I knew had trouble focusing. You know, there's a lot of group work and different stuff happening all around the room, different kids doing different things. And it was just a lot for him to deal with. Uh, so you might want to consider that if you have a similar student, there's, a, there's usually a couple in each class each year, maybe say, hey, have you ever tried messing around with some ambient noise? Pop those headphones in and that might help them kind of separate what's happening around and focus on the task at hand. So I think there's some some really strong uses of that uh, for students, both uh, in the classroom, and then they may take that home with them as well for times of homework and everything else. So our second to last category is organization. And my first selection here, as I'm saying, it's actually kind of more of a productivity thing, but it all, it's, I guess, sort of ties in with organization too. It's called Mercury Reader and Mercury Reader lets you clear away all the clutter from articles and we we've got a couple different tools that we'd like to bring up that do this same thing. And Mercury Reader is just another one. Uh, the idea is, of course, when you go to an article, especially on a popular page like CNN or, uh, I don't know, New York Times, it's it's full of ads and videos and pop-ups and just junk. And it makes it really tough to read. Um, so with Mercury Reader, just one single click and it gets rid of all that stuff. It removes the ads, it removes the distractions. What's left behind is just the text and the images. So it's just a much cleaner view. This is nice for reading, of course, uh, it's also nice for, for printing, which is another sort of side use of the whole thing. This is kind of a strange feature, but why not throw it out there? If anybody's still using a Kindle to do their reading, it actually has a send to Kindle functionality. It does some other stuff too, like adjusting the typeface and text size. I thought this would be really cool if you know you have students that might benefit from larger text or maybe even a different font, like a thicker font could be kind of cool. You can also toggle between light and dark themes. I've seen a lot of people recently uh, kind of switching over over to that dark theme background. I personally hate it, but it seems like a lot of people, <laughs> I don't I don't get it, man. But, but a lot of people go for that. So with Mercury Reader, you can do that too. There's some other keyboard shortcuts. So you can do all of, all of this stuff even faster. It's just a great easy one to use. What's the other one that we like to bring up that kind of clears print, that? Print friendly PDF. That's it. So maybe put these two side by side and pick whichever one is best for you. I will tell you, this is example number two where you're, you, you can't handle change. First, it's your hair. You go get a haircut. You know. Know. Oh, come on, Nick. I know. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's just, uh, it's just me. <laughs> All right. Well, the next uh, two extensions, I'm going to lump these two together just because Trello is something that 
Kyle Nemus brought up in a previous uh, episode, or maybe it was outside of the episode. And we really love Trello. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's not a Chrome extension. It's a uh, web-based and it allows you to organize a team and everyone can collaborate with this to-do list, but you could have several to-do lists. So if you're planning a big project that has, say you're planning a dinner and you want someone to be in charge of ticket sales, someone to be in charge of appetizers, entrees, desserts, and stuff like that, you would put all these into a list and everyone can collaborate and market when it's done, things like that. Well, the two extensions I want to talk about kind of these are extensions but they are they work with trello and they enhance trello just a little bit the first one is called and i'm going to butcher this it's hard to say so i will spell it out too streloids it's like steroids but it's streloids um i guess i did that right but that was yeah it was pretty good about the most uh, effective version of uh, you saying that that i've heard nice work all right so this is spelled s-t-r-e-l-l O-I-D-S, Streloids. And what that will do is expand the possibilities of Trello. You can customize it. You can make the colored tags, colored lists, hide lists. Um, you, there are some new view modes and much more. You can change the background. Uh, so you have all these uh, different settings for each board. Uh, Keep in mind that this was created with Keynote, so it will not kill your computer like some of the other extensions do. It is, it's very user-friendly and doesn't take up a whole lot of resources. The other extension for Trello is Add to Trello, and this is one that I really like. And I would almost, we have Wakelet in the Wakelet extension where you can just click right-click on it and add any resource to Wakelet. This is kind of the same thing. If you want to add a photo, a video, a URL, a website, whatever, to your Trello board. So I have a Trello and it's all about extensions and apps and tech tools. So what I would do is right-click and add it to my Trello board. If I found a new one, for example, one that we went over last week, which was Moat. Uh, Moat is that recorder annotation tool uh, for feedback for slides, Google Classroom, Docs, and Sheets. Right? And uh, the reason why I'm bringing that one up is because last uh, episode, I butchered the Twitter uh, handle. I think I said it was just Moat. It's actually the Moat HQ at the Moat HQ. So make sure that you go back and uh, add those Um or correct those in your Twitter because there is actually a just moat out there. They got some pr free uh, free air time out of us. And uh, I'll try not to let that happen too often, but there you <laughs> go. All right. Yes. Good selections there, Trello. Really useful and worth mentioning moat again, definitely. To round out the organization category, I thought it would be crazy to do a, a student extension list and not mention some kind of a flashcard tool. There's lots of them out there. I know the kids at our school uh, seem to be particularly fond of Quizlet as a way to help them study and make digital flashcards that you can kind of thumb through and, and test yourself on. And flashcards is an extension that does that same thing. The only, and I, I brought it up as separate from Quizlet um, because it's kind of uniquely integrates with Google Dictionary and Google Translator. So if there's any uh, teachers out there using those tools in their class, maybe our world language teachers, especially on that translator tool, uh, flashcards kind of integrates with those two things. And, and it might actually be faster than creating your own Quizlet flashcards. So uh, the way it works is once you've, uh, when you're in, say, Google Translator and you've got a phrase or a word, you can sort of automatically save it. And once you save that phrase or that word, it gets added to 
to the flashcards word list. And then all the items from that word list, it kind of automatically transforms transforms them into the flashcards for you. Um, so then you can use those to study and quiz yourself. Those cards uh, sort of randomly pop up in your browser to help sort of upstart your memory of those things, which is neat. It's not like you sit down there and say, okay, I'm going to study with these flashcards now because that's not really super fun. And, you know, you might have kids that sort of put that off because of that. Uh, but with flashcards, it sort of doesn't let you get away with it because as you say, you're, I don't know, you're scrolling through Facebook or whatever it is, that card will randomly pop up in the browser, whether you want it to or not to sort of say, hey, what about this one? And then five minutes later, hey, what about this one to, like I said, help sort of build that memory uh, and the meaning and the definition of those words. So just uh, great for brushing up those key phrases and and starting that uh, memorization process for classes where it makes sense. Check out flashcards. Yeah, that one's super cool. Let's get into our last category, which is creativity. And I'm going to let you go first here because you picked one that we both use all the time and it helps us out a lot. Yeah, eyedropper. Uh, that's the extension's name, eyedropper. It's just, um, it's a color picker, basically. Um, I, I always like this because I use the eyedropping tool a lot in PowerPoint, um, which lets you pretty much select a color so that you can make colors match. I, I find that this is something that students don't do. A lot of the times when they make a presentation or any kind of a visual aid, it, everything's just kind of thrown in there. There's no thought to it. And one of the categories we typically assess on, right? If you've got that rubric is uh, quality or professionalism or whatever you want to call it, making things look nice. And eyedropper is a tool that you can provide them and, and, and to sort of help and say, hey, if you're struggling to figure out how do I make something look professional, look quality, this is the way you can do it. Uh, so if you find an image that's a certain hue of blue and they, you want your students to have the color match that or the headings to match that, uh, the eyedropper tool can do that for you. The best part about it is that it doesn't only work in PowerPoint or some specific tool on the computer, it works in Chrome. So literally any color online anywhere, you can you can sort of steal it and then add that color to your uh, Google Docs, slides, whatever you're creating. For us, anybody who does any kind of digital editing, it also, when you select a color, it automatically gives you the hex code and the RGB code for that, um, which is great if you're using any tools like Canva, let's say, where you can pick colors based on that. There's a certain code for anybody that doesn't know. It's a series of six letters and numbers. Numbers that corresponds to a specific color. So the eyedropper tool gives you that hex code. If you are editing stuff in any of the Microsoft tools, they don't use hex codes. They use RGB codes, but it's the same thing. It's just a code that links to a certain color. Uh, the eyedropper tool will give you those codes, which lets you find a color on your Chrome browser and then transfer it really to any other place you're editing an image using those codes. Um, it also gives you an estimated name for the color, which I don't really know the purpose of, but it's kind of cool. Any Anyway, eyedropper. So it's a it's a good one. See, you don't know the purpose of the estimated name, but I will tell you, as a person that has very has a very hard time of distinguishing colors, I use the color picker uh, tool just so uh, sometimes when I need that color, especially when you have a teacher that gives you uh, something that you have to match the color to the correct answer or something like that or any type of coloring activity yeah. um, that you have to do online. For someone that is colorblind, it it will tell you what the color is. So you don't need to guess what shade of gray you're looking at here. That's actually, I was going to make fun of you for being colorblind again, but that's actually a legitimate 
hugely helpful thing for if you have students or or if you are colorblind, yeah, you might not be able to tell. So you can look up the name. Smart. Glad you brought I mean, it up. You can make fun of me. Just remember that every time you're making fun of me, you're really making fun of my mother. So oh, I mean, no. it's her fault. That's yes. biology. That's not me making it up. It's biology. So good point. Uh, let's get into my last one. We, we've talked music on the show a lot and how it impacts uh, creativity. And it also brings up the mood of, of students and things like that. Uh, there's one called UDJ. This is an extension that allows you to mix your music in your browser. Sometimes we need to be creative for our presentations or we want to, you know, do something for a club or whatever it may be. This extension allows you to mix music and videos in your browser. All right, so both of them. So you could have a good time mixing great music right in your browser without the worry of having some type of a online program or a DJ mixer. Better yet, it doesn't have any ads with it. It's totally free. So go check that one out. Inspire creativity into your students. Right, so that's it for episode 63, and that's it for our entire G Suite series. Feels like uh, a long time ago that we started this, and I guess it was if you figure every two weeks between episodes, and we took a, a little pause in there as well. So it's uh, sort of bittersweet here, but you can look forward to our upcoming episodes to sort of branch away from uh, Google Chrome again. You will start bringing in some uh, some new guests and some exciting new uh, stuff from the EdTech world to bring to you guys. As always, we want to just remind everybody where you can find us. We're all over Twitter, guys at guys got teched myself at Nick got teched on the podcast at we got teched like guys said at the beginning of the episode check us out Wednesday nights at 8 30 p.m for the hashtag edu mentor that's e-d-u-m-e-n-t-o-r edu mentor twitter chat that's our own twitter chat where you can sort of get in on the action and talk to us and our, our ever growing pln there to share ideas two nights ago we had one on the flipped classroom which was so awesome just to hear all the great uh, things that people are doing and it's it's 30 minutes long but it, it goes by really super fast. So check it out. Um, you can also find uh, us uh, very often on Charity Dodds hashtag BL in action Twitter chat. That's Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you didn't know, we've also been putting all of our episodes up on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch or listen there or just to see what guys and I look like as we record these things, you can check it out. Um, that's Got Tech, the podcast on YouTube. And of course, anything from the episode uh, that you want to find you can check out the show notes on our website at gottech.com. When you go there, you'll see the whole, uh, every episode that we've ever done has a page. You can click on it, find the show notes. The show notes contain all the links uh, to all the extensions and websites and Twitter pages and everything else that we mentioned. So check us out there at gottech.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.